Um, okay, good morning everybody. Thank you for accommodating the change of uh, location over here uh, today. Um, just a one, one PS from uh, the last year. So last year we spoke about that Pidina Ben and I mentioned um, that there was this Pischei if you recall, that says that we don't trust that any Kohanim are real Kohanim and that any Levim are real Levim. And therefore, maybe it's not a bad idea. Um, he said a few things. Maybe it's not a bad, bad idea to be poda your son over and over again with every single Kohen that you meet, just in case uh, you run into one real Kohen over the course of your life. And then he said, and maybe it's not a bad idea if you're a lady or a Kohen yourself, and you have a son to be poda him without a bracha because maybe you're not really a Kohen or a Levi. You just think you're a Kohen or a Levi. And I, I mentioned um, the other day that even though Pesachit um, says that, I don't know of anyone that actually does that. Meaning I've never heard of a Kohen or a Levi be poda his son. A few hours after that, I had sent the Shaila to Rabbi Yisrael Reisman, Rashivan Tarevdas, a few hours after that, I got an email from Rabbi Reisman saying that he thinks that in the Shaila we spoke about, the fellow does not need to do another Pidina Ben. But then he mentioned, he always throws in extras. Rabbi Reisman's, uh, one of his things is he, uh, if he can chop another shtikl Torah, another bit of learning, another something that he can give you, he'll always do that. He'll always uh, give you something to think about. So uh, he said, by the way, when I was learning Hilchos Pidina Ben, I came across a Pischei Tshuva that said that even if you're a Levi, um, you should do Pidin Aben without a bracha anyway, just because you might not actually be a Levi. So he said, as soon as I learned that, I went over to a friend of mine who's a Kohen in the base Madrash. I took off my jacket and I said, here's my jacket. This is the kes of Pidin Aben. This is the, you know, the payment for, uh, for Pidin Aben for myself. I'm being told to myself because I'm a Bukhar. And uh, his friend, the Kohen, took the jacket. And then his friend, the Kohen, obviously gave him back because what does he need Rabbi Reisman's jacket for? And then Rabbi Reisman said, oh, okay, I have this jacket now. Now I'm being told my son with this uh, with this jacket and he uh, and he gave the jacket again to the to the fellow and the fellow again gave the jacket back and the guy said you know I'm a coin all my life I've never been a coin for Bidin Aben and now I got twice in two minutes I was a coin for Bidin Aben no garlic no silver tray no you know none of that but uh, he got to be the coin for Bidin for Bidin Aben without brach so uh, I guess some people do have that uh, you know do do take that chumrah to heart and take it seriously um, obviously he didn't do it in a way that involved um, you know that involves like a whole to-do and a whole, uh, you know, procedure because it's only a chumrah, uh, a chumrah bi-alma. So, uh, so that's why I did it that way. In fact, the guy that I was talking to, uh, the guy who had asked the shayla, uh, said, wait a second, if I'm going to do a pidyon ben, maybe I should wait for the nine days and that way we'll be able to have a fleshig meal. I'm like, you're doing a pidyon, if you do it, you're doing it without a bracha and the chumrah. You know, it's not like, uh, it's not like a real pidyon ben. Okay, so now on to today's shayla. So I got this shayla a couple of weeks ago and I never had a chance to discuss it publicly, I don't think. It goes as follows. Uh, my husband and I aren't able to get away on vacations since we have little kids. So we'd like to rent a pool for an hour occasionally during the day while the kids are in school or day camp. There's a website where people who own pools can list their pool for rent and people who want to take a swim can book a local pool for a fee. Would it be permissible for a couple to rent such a pool if there's a security camera in the pool area? And do we have to worry about the possibility that the pool owner may be inside the home during our swim time and he's looking out the window the whole time? Can we assume that they're not looking out the window? Thank you in advance. That was the Shiloh. Are you familiar with this website? Yeah, it's like, I think yeah, I know the guy, Swimply. Ah, it's Rav son. Very good. I, I Googled it and uh, the C. OO, I think, is Usher Weinberger, and the CEO is another from Jew, I think. I so, know. Yeah, who's that? He's a friend of my, that, my friend's dad. 
Yeah, yeah okay. That's my friend's dad's like investing a little bit first. Nice. It seems that it seems that they did well because uh, it seems like the thing is worth a couple hundred million dollars now. So it's, it's a, yeah, it was on Shark Tank. Yeah, they did not get an investment on Shark Tank, but uh, but they yeah. got the publicity that they needed, right. and uh, and it took off. So this is something called Swimply. It's run by from people, um, and they want to know: Are they allowed to? Uh, are they are they allowed to rent a pool through Swimply and then have the wife not being dressed in what, what do they call it? Schwimmkleid, right? The uh, you know the full, yeah the uh, the full uh, the full covering. She just wants to go in regular bathing suit. So is there a problem? So I, I right away went on the website to see if there are any like policies about privacy and whether you're allowed to. Look at the people that are, that are swimming, and the people that rent out the pool have signed some sort of agreement not to do so. I couldn't see it. All of the policies that they have are about appropriate behavior if you're renting the pool, meaning that you shouldn't be smoking, you shouldn't be making too much noise, and you shouldn't. And I, uh, I, I know a guy who has a pool and who rents it out in Swimply all the time. And uh, his neighbors tell me that uh, those policies are not strictly adhered to. Um, there are just people getting high all day <laughs> outside uh, at this uh, at this guy's pool. So uh, so it's uh, it's not necessarily uh, policies that are that are adhered to. And the policies don't even cover this this kind of behavior anyway. It doesn't even uh, so. So what do you say? Are they allowed to rent the pool? And rely on the fact that nobody's looking, and even they're looking. It's not my problem that they're looking. I'm in a private place. I'm in a pool in a private area. Someone happens to be, uh, you know, uh, whatever, some some sort of uh, peeping tom or something that wants to, that wants to look in. That's their problem. It's not my problem. So what would you say? Is it really a private area, though? Ah, so how do we define a private area? Is this really a private? If there are security cameras there, and there's an owner of the home who has access to the security cameras, and he knows that there are strangers there. So that's like, is that so crazy? He's a peeping Tom because he looks at his cameras, meaning uh, it's very likely that he wants to look at his cameras because he wants to see that you're not doing anything illegal or any, anything that's going to, you know, damage his, uh, you know, whatever, his grill that's, uh, that's out there or whatever else, his, uh, you know, his flotation devices or whatever that he has in the pool. I'm sure he also comes out to check on them and, like, ask if they need anything or that. Oh, I mean, stop to be a nice host. He may uh, say, anyone want lemonade or uh, if you need another floaty for your kid or whatever, he might, uh, he might come out to check on them. So, uh, right, so is that, is that an issue? Does it matter if the owner is a Jew or not? Oh, does it matter if the owner is a Jew or not? In which direction are you asking that question? Meaning, maybe. Oh, so if it's an issue of Lifneiver, so you tell that it would only be Lifneiver if he's a Jew. But if it's a non-Jew, then it's not going to be... Unless it's telling on the woman herself, and then it doesn't matter. Oh, okay, good. So that's, I, I like the way you're thinking. So that was, that, that was uh, my initial thought as well. Roshachter told me also something similar, but the opposite. And we'll get to that, we'll get to that soon. Um, the uh, meaning similar chiluk, but in the opposite direction to what uh, to what I was thinking. Um, so let's let's take a step back over here and let's talk about like what the issue even is. Uh, what what what's lift for what? Meaning, what's the person going to be violating? What, what's the other person going to be violating? So the the issue that the other person will be violating is what we call the issue histaklus, what's commonly referred to as shmiras he'enayim. That a person has to be careful 
about what they see. This is a pasuk in the Torah and Parsha Shalach. We say it every day in Kriya Shema. Lo sasuru acharei enechem. Uh, and the Gemara in Brachos Tafim Bey says that that means you're not supposed to look at sexually explicit things um, or anything that is arousing to, uh, to a person in a sexual way. Rashi on the Pasuk says, yeah, because when you look at something like that, uh, the way the human mind is trained to, uh, to work is that your eyes see something and that is ma'orer, a certain taiva that causes you to very much want that which your eyes see. Right, Lamashal, you're walking with a toddler and, you know, or a five-year-old and the five-year-old is not asking for anything, not asking for an ice cream cone or anything, but then they see someone else coming down with an ice, the other way with an ice cream cone. What's the first words out of their mouth? I want an ice cream cone. Right? I mean, they didn't want an ice cream cone 30 seconds ago. Like, why did, did you suddenly become hungry? Like, why did you want an ice cream cone? Because that's the way God made us, that when we see things, we want, right? Meaning that, that's ma'orer taiva. It causes us to want to do things. And once we want, we tend to do, right? When we uh, have something, uh, if you then present the child the ice cream cone, uh, he'll likely eat the ice cream cone, right? We tend to act on that, uh, on that desire. So the Torah, uh, one might call this a siyagda oraisa, Right, there is a concept of uh, of asusiyag Torah that we're supposed to make a fence around the Torah. So we have, but usually when we think of that, we think of din drabanan that you're not allowed to, I don't know, fix uh, kalim on Shabbos. So the rabbanan made a siyag that you shouldn't even, um, you know, clap and dance on Shabbos lest you come to fix a musical instrument. Right, something like that. A siyag we normally think of as rabbanan. Yosef Engel has a famous piece. Uh, in one of his svarim, where he says, you know, there are actually many examples of siyagda oraisa, where the Torah builds a fence around another one of the dine Torah. There are dinim in the Torah that are that are geared toward being a fence around other dinim in the Torah. Can you think of any? Yichud. Yichud is a, is a prime example, right? Yichud is da but clearly Yichud is there to protect you from something much worse than Yichud. But Yichud itself is Daraisa. It's the Torah itself making offense around another din. So Yosef Engel has something like 18 examples of uh, Siyag Daraisa, some of which are very clearly Siyag Daraisa, some of which are debatable, so, but whatever. So you see this concept. It could be Losasur Achrei Nechem is such an example that it's there to protect you from doing a much worse Avera. There happens to be another Gemara as well. The Gemara in Ksubistaf Memvav has a different Pasuk that tells us not to look at things that we shouldn't be looking at. And the Gemara says that it's based on a Pasuk in Devarim Perachav Gimel, Vinishmarta Mikol Davara, that you need to guard yourself from Kol Davara. And that means guard yourself from the kinds of things that are going to cause you to become a Valkyrie at night, that are going to cause a person to be so aroused that they're going to uh, be Motizera at night. The Gemara in Mesech Savod Zara and Davchav tells us that means don't look at women, don't look at animals mating with each other, lest that cause your mind to go somewhere. Don't even look at provocative women's clothing, even if a woman is not wearing them. These are the examples the, the, uh, the Gemara gives. So whether it's a real Joshua Dalrais or not, here you have this uh, second Pasuk that, uh, that indicates that we're not supposed to look at certain things. So, back to our swimply person. So if she is dressed in a non-Sanua way, and there are people that are looking at her, is that Lifneiver? Maybe, maybe Lifneiver of two Pasukim, of Losasura Akra and Nechem, and Rishmarta Mikol Davar Ra. 
Um, now, it is interesting. Normally, when God wrote the Torah, he didn't write the same thing over and over again, right? Meaning every pasuk in the Torah has a purpose and it's coming to teach us something new. So why would there be two separate psukim to teach us the same exact din? Right? I mean, you have two Gemaras quoting two different psukim. You don't need to be the world's biggest brisker to realize that there are probably tzvei dinim over here. There's probably more than one din. Right? If you have two Gemaras quoting two psukim, it's very, very likely that these are not all the same din, that there's some, something in one din that's not in the other. So Rav Moshe Feinstein has a tshuva in Igris Moshe, and Ezra Chelek Aleph, Simen Samach Tes, where he explains these are actually different din. V'nishmar to be called Avra means you're not supposed to look at something that will cause one to become a balkeri at night. Lo sasuru means that you shouldn't look at something that will provide you with an opportunity to then go to the next step and do a further Avera. Meaning, let's say you go to a movie and there's a Hollywood actress that is very beautiful and you look at uh, whatever and there are scenes that, uh, that are very provocative and you look at that. So is it likely that you're going to come to have a relationship with that Hollywood actress? Uh, good luck, right? Meaning that is not uh, very likely to happen. So from a standpoint, one might argue that you're not going to have the Nayim Roos and then the Lev Chomeid and then you're going to take the ice cream cone. You can't, you can't even get within three miles of her home because there's a fence around it with security that, you know, that, that, that will shoot you dead if you try to come near her and they'll have a restraining order against you. If you, you know, like it's, not, it's not really shaykh, but uh, that a person will start having hirurim and become balkari, that certainly would, uh, would, would be relevant. Um, you know, there could be there could be cases where it would go in the uh, in, in in the opposite direction. Um, what would be a case where it goes in the opposite direction, where there's no chance that a person is going to become a balkari at night, but there is a chance that a person will be motivated to do an avera? There's one very obvious case that would where seeing something that is sexually explicit may cause a person to be motivated to do the avera but will not cause them to become a Balkari. No chance it will cause them to become a Balkari, to be, to be Motsi Zara. There's 50% of the population of the world that cannot become a Balkari. Other women. Women, right? Okay, so <laughs> women cannot become a Balkari. So are women allowed to look at uh, something like, right? Everyone's like, 50%? Oh my gosh, that means half of the people here will never have children? No, that, that does not mean that. God willing, you'll all have children one day. But, uh, but women are, are unable to become a Balkari. So one could argue that a woman doesn't have the Yisra of Nishmat called Avara. But she does have the Yisra of Lusurach Reinechem. I always thought this was a very elegant explanation because if I were to have asked any of you before we started this conversation, um, are women allowed to look at stuff that men are not allowed to look at? Meaning, are women allowed to look at sexually explicit material? So probably all of you would have said, it's definitely not like the from thing to do, right? Meaning like if a girl comes back from two years in Mechala and like she wants to go to a bunch of rated R movies, right? probably they're not so proud of her there, right? Meaning like it's, it's probably not so... But it's also not the same as men, right? I mean, that would probably be our intuition. It's not, it's not the same as a man, but it's probably... So here you have a way to define that, right? For a man to do it, it's an Yisra of two Yisurim. For a woman to do it, it's a violation of one Yisra. Meaning... It's not even a violation of one Yisra. Because you said that if 
Yeah, so I, I gave the example of Hollywood actor. It's a bad example, really, because even though you're not likely to do an Avera with that actor or actress, but it gets a person in a certain kind of mood where they're likely to then be overly uh, sexually, um, you know, uh, um, anxious or whatever that uh, that will cause some sort of Avera, even if that, you know, that person isn't uh, going to be the person. That, you know, this may relate to whether a man is allowed to be maharher to have yirurim about his wife when his wife is a nida, right? So uh, it's his own wife, but if she's a nida, he has no mutter, um, you know, uh, what should we call it? Uh, a way to, to to do anything. What about when his wife is not a nida? Is he allowed to have yirurim for his wife? So there's a discussion in poskim. Some poskim say, yeah, that's okay because what's the worst that's going to happen? It's not an avera that it's only going to but if the concern is that he's going to become a Balkari at night when he has too many Yerurim, so then maybe you shouldn't have too many Yerurim when he's not, if it's not at the moment that he's with his wife. I'd rather not get into too detailed a conversation about this. It's very difficult to say that a man is not allowed to have Yerurim about his wife when she's Tahora, because a man must have Yerurim about his wife when she's Tahora, because he has a mitzvah to be with his wife when she's Tahora, and that is a very difficult mitzvah to perform if he's having zero Yerurim. Leave it at that. Okay, so so the uh, so uh, let's talk about a swimming uh, situation. Um, you know, th- there there is a, uh, a concept um, that people uh, often think of that there's an iser called mixed swimming. The, the iser is not really an iser called mixed swimming. The iser is that you're not allowed to look at somebody who's not dressed, uh, somebody of the opposite gender who's not dressed properly. Um, so Rav Moshe had the following shaila. Uh, there was an all women's pool. This is printed in. Igros Moshe, Evan Ezer Chelek Dalid, Simon Samach Beis Os Al. Rav Moshe was asked, there was an all-women's pool, or a pool with women's hours, let's say. And uh, a non-Jewish man is the lifeguard at that pool. Um, so uh, women show up to the pool, and there is a non-Jewish lifeguard at the, uh, at the pool. Um, and it's a man. So can the women go swimming at that pool? That was the shayla that was asked him. You know, a lot of times I got this once with a, um, a rabbi who runs a girls' camp uh, called me that they had reserved, they had booked the ca- a, a, a water park or something, and they rented out the whole place so there won't be anybody else there. And they called them in advance. And they said, you're sure? Nobody else is allowed in. It's only our girls that are going to be there. Yeah, we're sure. And then they show up, and all the lifeguards are men. And he's like, I thought there was going to be no one else there. Well, we need to have lifeguards. I mean, like... You want to hire all female lifeguards? You never told the side like they didn't think they didn't think that like that would be an issue for them. So now, what do you do, right? Rav Moshe was asked this shaila. So uh, Rav Moshe says that there are two concerns that you need to deal with. Let's deal with them in backwards order. The second concern we'll, we'll deal with first is that what if the lifeguard develops some sort of relationship with one of these women? And you have to be concerned about that, that seeing these women and being in that environment is going to cause him to have a relationship with one of these uh, women. So Rav Moshe says, that, nah, I don't think there's much of a concern here. The lifeguard's going to lose his job if he uh, you know, ignores his responsibilities in order to sneak off with one of the women you know, into a side room or something like that. He'd lose his job. So he doesn't think that he's going to, that that's going to, you know, and if, imagine if the lifeguard is busy flirting with one of the women while another woman drowns. You know, like he'd be in serious trouble. Like he's got to be focused on, uh, on what he's doing. So he doesn't think that that's a major concern. The, the first concern that Moshe raises, though, is um, is a woman allowed to be immodestly dressed in front of a non-Jewish male lifeguard? 
Right? So this, I thought, really cuts to the core of our question. Right? So Rav Moshe writes that he doesn't think it's a problem. Wow. That's like a believe it or not. No? Would you ever have guessed that Rav Moshe would say, no problem, wear a bathing suit in front of a non-Jewish male like that. Right? I, I don't know. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't have that on my, uh, you know, uh, uh, bed of what Rav Moshe would say, uh, you know. Uh, so Rav Moshe writes that uh, it's uh, not required to dress modestly in any place that's designated exclusively for women. Meaning women have to dress modestly in a public place. But this is a place that's designated just for women. So they don't have to dress modestly in a place like that. And this is a women's pool. And therefore there's no requirement to dress uh, modestly in such a place. Um, I, there's a non-Jewish man there. Yeah, but it's a women's pool and it's women's pool hours. That's all he really says. Now, you read between the lines of the tshuva, Rav Moshe is really saying two things. One thing he's telling us is that the requirement to dress modestly in front of a man so that the man not be aroused seems to only apply to Jewish men. Apparently. I mean, why isn't it lifneiver to this guy? That this guy's Apparently, there is no lifneiver on such hiru. Now, there is lifneiver on Gaim. Right, the Gemara says explicitly, if uh, you hand a guy an Aver Menachai sandwich, uh, you violate the Nevi Daraisa. Because a guy is Mitsuva Nevi Menachai, and if you help him do an Aver that he's not allowed to do, it's Lif Nevi Daraisa. So what this really boils down to is does a guy have a din of Shmir Seinayim? A guy has a din of Gilead Arayos, right? Meaning the Shevnis of B'nai Noach are the big three, and Aleph Beis Gimbaldalid, right? That's the, uh, the mnemonic. Discuss different time and time right now, but the uh, but but one of them is Gilead Rios. So the question is something that's an offshoot of Gilead Rios, not Bizrayu of Gilead Rios, like Shmir Seinaim, or is a guy mitzvah in that? Ramosha seems to be assuming no, it's not your problem if the guy he, he doesn't have an iser, and therefore there's no problem with Lefiiver from that perspective. Uh, what about the general requirement just to dress modestly? So Ramosha writes. And Ramosh is telling us that that requirement exists in a public area, but not in a place that's designated just for women. Any place that's a public area, there would be such a, a, a prohibition, a requirement, rather, to, to dress modestly. Meaning, without saying it, Ramosh is telling us that let's say you're on vacation in Cancun or something, and you didn't go during Yeshiva week, so it's not like crawling with from people, right? And, and as far as you could tell, in your resort where you're staying, you're the only Jewish people. So can the woman walk around in a bathing suit because she's the only Jewish person that's there? Everyone else is non-Jew. So, so from a lifneiver perspective, maybe. But Moshe seems to be telling us anywhere that's not designated for women is a place that's public, and a public place there's a requirement to dress sneistic, right? I mean, he's telling me two dinim over here. One din is that you have to think about Lif and that won't apply to the Nafri. And the other din is that a public place that's not designated just for women, a woman has a requirement to dress in a Tsunua way. Now let's bring it back to Swimply. Now let's bring it... Oh, one more thing. There is a difference between being mistakel, which means looking intently with the, with the intention of getting pleasure, and seeing something. For example, there's a funny conversation in Poskim about whether you say the bracha of Shechalak Nikvoda Lebasav Adam when you see the Queen of England. This goes back to before there was a king, before King Charles took over, when there was a Queen of England. So when you see the Queen of England, do you say the bracha that you say upon seeing royalty? 
So one of the Achronim says, what do you mean see the Queen of England? You're not allowed to look at a woman. So why is that absurd? Why is that absurd? She's like a hundred. <laughs> meaning, of, well, the, there's no issue to see a woman. You've all seen a woman, right? There's no issue to see a woman. There's an issue to be mistakel. What does mistakel mean? It means looking intently with the intention of getting pleasure. That's the iser of, of looking at women. It's not seeing, it's being mistakel. If you're being mistakel at the Queen of England, like you said, you've got other problems, right? Meaning that's, so so that, well, what, does that, what does that mean? So, so, so keeping that in mind, keeping all of that in mind, what do you say now about the Swimply Shaila? In order to satisfy Ramosha, what do we need to have? We need to make sure that anybody that's going to see it's not Jewish. In a private area. And that it's a designated private area. So if you rent from a non-Jew, right? So the person who has access to the security camera is not Jewish. And then all you would need to do is you'd have to be able to define this as a private area. That's a little bit iffy, right? Because there are security cameras and they, it is not your area. It's not designated just for women. That's questionable. So that's where I thought the Shaila really hinged. That was my, my take on it. I spoke to my brother, who's a big Tamil Chacham, and my brother said he doesn't think anyone's doing his stockless over here. They're checking on their security camera just to see what's going on there. And the, you know, they're, they're going on the phone, they're seeing a little tiny picture. They're not being, unless you're like really provocative, they're not doing any estaclos. So he doesn't think you have the lift naive issue, even uh, if it's a Jewish person in all likelihood. That's what he thought. He said, obviously, you should behave appropriately. You shouldn't be doing overtly sexual things or something like that. That would be a major problem. But, um, but just, you know, when someone's. That's what my brother thought. I asked Rav Shechter, and we'll close with this. Rav Shechter said, it's not about Lifneiver. It's about being undressed in front of anybody who's not who's not her husband, and uh, therefore, Shechter thought that if you're renting from from people, then it's fine because they're not going to look. They know better. They know that they're not supposed to look. But if you're renting from a non-Jewish person or a non-from person, then it's usher because they will look because they don't know any better. And it's forget about whether they're violating a stockless and Lifneiver this night. You just can't be undone. A woman can't be undressed in front of someone who's not her husband. You know, that's, uh, you know, so it was not a woman and not her husband. And that alone is, uh, is an isr. I mean, he understood it a little differently than Ramosha seemed to understand it. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I think. So, so back to like a camp that rents out a place. So Ramosha would probably be making in that case, right, with the camp situation. With Shachter, probably not. Right, probably not in that situation. Does it matter if they're married or not? I don't think so. I don't think so. Shachter said it's Meaning that there's a hat for a husband, obviously, but anyone who's not a husband, whether because she doesn't have one or because this man isn't it, you know, in either case. Um, okay, great. That's it for today. Everyone